Hi, I'm World Rugby and New Zealand Rugby referee Ben O'Keefe, and this is Super Sport Schools Podcast. This is the Super Sport Schools Podcast, bringing you stories of our future stars powered by Spurs Stake Ranchers. I'll ask you and then you ask me. Okay, there we go. Easy. Okay. And then we'll ask you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, he was my teammate for a few years. Really? So, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Really? I, I played. I know, it's yeah. shocking. <laughs> I was, do you know what, guess what position I played? Luck. Scrum. No, stop it. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Supersport Schools podcast. My name is Alex White and this is a brand new podcast focused on telling the stories of school and youth sport. You can listen to it wherever it is that you get your podcasts like Spotify or Apple Podcasts and you can also watch it through the Supersport Schools app. Don't worry though, no matter how you choose to enjoy the podcast, you won't miss out on any of the content. And for this very first episode, we're going to be talking about rugby refereeing. Considering now, more than ever before, school rugby is accessible through Supersport schools to be streamed around the world and watched, and decisions can be minutely examined. We've also seen the drama unfolding at the Autumn Nations series, and it's something I'm interested in being a school and club referee. We'll talk about grassroots refereeing, whether it's worth getting started to give back to the game. We'll talk about how best players can have a positive interaction with the referee during their matches. And we'll also talk about some laws with World Rugby referee Ben O'Keefe, who was one of the assistant referees in the Rugby World Cup final 2019 and is widely regarded as one of the best referees in the world. But most importantly, in this episode, we're going to try and answer the question, is it time for a TMO in school rugby? To do that, I'm joined by my good friend and rugby enthusiast, Tim, and also women's rugby referee, Zoe. Guys, welcome to it. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. I mean, to us <laughs> rugby enthusiasts, rugby's <laughs> been our life. I mean, Alex and I, when I started playing rugby, grade four, Alex was there, my teammate the whole time, gone to uni, placed a rugby there, he's there reffing. Um, so we wanted to know, what's your rugby story like? So um, I initially started with touch rugby and then moved to full contact in matric, actually. Um, from there, I just fell in love, um, started playing, did a reffing course, um, did some coaching on the side and now not playing anymore, only reffing in it and coaching. And what's that progression been like? Where are you at the moment? What are some of the highlights for you in terms of refereeing? So um, last year, December, I was put on the SA Rugby Women's National Panel. Um, so that's definitely a highlight for me in my refereeing career and uh, being selected to AR at the uh, World Cup for Sevens. Yeah, so I mean... In, in a sport that's very male-dominated, I mean, we're just wondering, what is it like being a woman ref in a very men-dominated sport? It's difficult um, to navigate this uh, system of, you know, people not being used to having a, a female referee. Um, so I must say I do get a lot of slack a lot of the time, people thinking I, I don't actually know what rugby is but I do. Um, so yeah, it's difficult on some days and then on others, it's actually great because there's a lot of respect that's built up. And, um, you know, I think with the increase in the numbers of women's ref- women referees, um, it's getting a lot better. I mean, we always know Tim says constantly that he, when he watches me ref is, is constantly shouting, even if I'm just assistant refereeing, <laughs> running up and down the touchline. There's so many laws, there's so much complication mm. around the laws, but if a game's refereed well, it helps players and those watching to understand. So what would your, be your advice 
to upcoming players and to upcoming referees as well to get the most positive outcome from the game and from that interaction that they can? So from a player's perspective, I would recommend learning the laws. Um, it'll make you a better player. And the easiest way you can do that is by downloading the World Rugby Laws uh, book on your phone and just going through that because it's great to know what the signals actually are and <laughs> what they meant. Um, but then if you are a junior, say, player that's wanting to venture into the refereeing side, just do one of those junior courses. They happen every so often through Western Province and all the other unions. Um, but if you're not a junior and a senior, again, same story. They have the um, the courses every now and then, and it will take your game to the next level. And I want to talk about a specific part of the game, right, which is the the breakdown and specifically going for the steal. Okay, because that's something in South African rugby mm. we love doing. We love a good steal. We've got players who are very good at it. Um, steal, also called jackling now in international. <laughs> I don't know where that's come from in like the last. It's like a jackal running into the hole, stealing a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's weird because we've got lots of jackals in South Africa, but it started <laughs> overseas, I'm pretty sure. So um, that's suddenly now what it's called. It's called jackling. Even in the laws, they've added some a definition for what a jackal is. And basically, a good solid steal. Tim, how much do you love it when a team does a fantastic turnover and gets rewarded? I mean, it's such a relief. I mean, especially from a player's standpoint, when you're actually playing the game and you've been on defense for like five, ten minutes and they're just constantly knocking you back and you're like, you're just trying your best to hold structure and then you see a guy there, number two, and he's like, oh, what's happening here? <laughs> you yeah, the blow from the ref you're like oh it's out of all that it's, just, it's <laughs> exhilarating honestly just, just for a turnover boy and even when while watching rugby you know watching a team go down it's right by the try line and then there's a steal it's, it's exhilarating and I think for referees it's it's also exciting because that's I think viewed as more of a positive penalty yes. because you're rewarding positive uh, good play yeah. in a in a good strong steal yeah, and it also makes, from our side, it also makes the game a lot more exciting. Um, we know sometimes there's a team that dominates. So for the team that's not doing so well to get a good steal and, you know, as you said, a positive penalty, it's it makes it a lot more interesting. So I thought that jackling was so important and that it's something that gets blown up quite often because you might just not have rolled away in time before mm. your play has gone down or you might your hands have gone past the ball or you're not on your feet. So I spoke to World Rugby referee and New Zealand Rugby referee Ben O'Keefe to get his opinion on what makes a good jackal and to break down a quick crash course basically on how to go about it and how to get positively rewarded for it. And this is what he had to say. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Could you start off by just saying how you would introduce yourself to someone who has never met you or heard of you. Thanks, Alex. Well, it's a pleasure to be on the show. And um, normally how I'd introduce myself, a big hello. Um, and my name is Ben O'Keefe. I'm a New Zealand rugby referee. I'm full-time with New Zealand rugby and referee uh, at all levels in New Zealand, um, super rugby and internationally as well. Could you explain to us kind of maybe a very quick crash course on what you're looking at when there's a jackal and what the best way to jackal is to to get a positive outcome from that. Yeah, it's it's, it's I, I love a jackal. And I, and I mainly love a jackal because for me, I guess my philosophy around a game of rugby is that I love space to play. I love a good contest. I love a good turnover. Um, and I like quick ball. So um, they're my four things. That's sort of like a, a, an overarching picture of how I try and uh, referee a game. So if I can provide good space, I can provide a good contest, um, and you know the ball is pretty quick for the team that has possession. Then I think we re we generally have a really really good game. So 
in terms of good turnovers, you know, jackling is is really important because um, that's a, a real way where you know you get some of the the best jacklers in the world, and aren't just sevens anymore. You get six, sevens, eights. Malcolm Marks, you know, uh, hooker, you know, you get some of the best turnovers in the world because he gets low and over the ball. So it's a really, really good opportunity where players can be on attack. You can be an attack on the halfway. You can be attack on the five mid line. If you can get in and on the ball, you can actually be rewarded. So. Um, it is it is something that I sort of know around my game. That I do give a lot of a lot of jackal penalties because I like to reward players that are um, in and over the ball. I'm actually just looking back at the stats of my game for the South Africa Australia uh, match, and and I don't think I actually gave uh, well I gave one I gave one holding on penalty in the eleventh minute, which you know for me is actually unusual. But it just shows that the game's changed. So depending on um, the speed of the game, depending on the opposition, uh, depending on the tactics that teams do. Um, there aren't always opportunities for jacklers to actually get on the ball. But when I do see a player in a position when they enter the tackle correctly, they're on their feet, so they're supporting their own body weight. Um, their hips are sort of over their feet, so they're not too long, okay? So they're not overextending. And they've got both hands on the ball and they're lifting. And that those hands haven't gone past the ball or haven't gone to the side of the ball. Then I'll generally say, well, this player has to win the ball. If they don't win the ball, in terms of turning it over, well, it's it's obvious that the, the player on the ground has held on. And I think, um, you know, the way that the game's moved, we've allowed holding on and jackling to, to, to continue because it is a good part of the game. Um, but we're wanting the player to actually be seen to be lifting the ball and not just stapling over it. So I reckon that's been a change over the past two to three years. And and those changes, referees, even though I like a jackler, um, you do have to adapt and you do have to adjust as those laws do change too. So I've had to go from, you know, potentially allowing maybe three or four years ago that sort of staple position where, you know, elbows and forearms are on the ground. I've had to change and tweak that to to say that, well, actually, I need to see the player on the ball and lifting. If they're not, then they're going to be cleaned out. And and that's been the, the shift around that ruck is they're trying to actually raise the ruck height so players aren't diving in off their feet. Um, so jacklers, when they go in on the ball, they're a little bit higher, so they have an opportunity to be cleaned off. Um, but if you get someone like Malcolm Marks who's, you know, so strong on the ball, um, he can still be in a position where he's supporting his body weight lifting as well and um, and get the turnover. So um, that, that's kind of how I would explain it. It's, it's a big part of the game of rugby. And um, I think it's a really, really good way for for teams if they can get really good and good positions. Um, they can disrupt ball um, for sure. But I want to talk a bit now about young referees who want to get involved in refereeing uh, or young people who want to get involved in refereeing or just anybody who who is new to it. I've been refereeing for about five years, but two years of that was COVID. So realistically three at school level and then a little bit of club. And the one thing I have spoken about to other referees, there's one feeling is when we watch rugby on TV and then afterwards there's all these tweets and there's this chaos about the referees' decisions and and all of that. It can be kind of, I guess, off-putting at times to think, is this really what I want to to go into? But then at other times, people handle pressure so well. So to put it into perspective, I think we came from the British and Irish Lions series where we had all the controversy in the first test match. Then you came into the second test match. And then we have the the the, the rugby championship now where we've got uh, Nick White's slap by Faf de Klerk and then Faf gets yellow carded and potential in the corner try was Corbette legal, etc. But then you came into the second test match and and and... This isn't just me saying this. We've got this uh, one of the, I guess, publications in South Africa ask the public to rate the ref after each match of the rugby championship, which isn't a very objective way of doing it because it's asking basically South African fans to rate the ref. And South African fans 
are rarely happy, even if South Africa wins. But on the kind of five levels that they are, there's like from good to excellent, which is three levels, and then there's below par and poor. You by far had the highest rating from good to excellent of any of the rugby championship refs. It was 82%, which is like nowhere even, no one else was even close to that. And you've come in after all this pressure. And basically the question in here is, how would you motivate people to 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 referee? Because you can still be good at it. As much as the media makes all this noise about it, you can still be good. You can still deal with the pressure and you can still enjoy it. So what would you say to people who want to get involved in it, but might be a bit hesitant? Yeah, I mean, geez, that's a, that's a lot. I actually wasn't across any of that social media stuff. So um, no, it's, a, it's a pleasure. And, and look, one thing I do like about South African rugby fans is that they are so passionate. And, you know, when you have passionate um, people that, that love something so much like rugby, um, you know, it makes you want to be better. As a referee, it makes me want to be better for the game of rugby because people love it so much. And I guess that's a lot of the pressure that I, that I feel. And I mean, all referees feel pressure when we go into matches because we want to do a good job. We want to do a good job for both teams, regardless of what happened the week before, regardless of, um, you know, what competition we're in. We always feel pressure because, you know, we, we step across that white line um, at the start of the 80 minutes. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if it's going to be 80 points to nil. We don't know if it's going to be 19 or draw. We don't know. We're going to have six red cards, four yellow cards. We just don't know. But what we've got to do is prepare ourselves mentally, physically throughout the whole week. You know, that's how I'm going to try and keep getting better is I'm going to do really good reviews and be really thorough. I'm going to put my hand up when I'm wrong. So then now the next game, I can be better. And then the next game, I can be better. So um, like, for example, you know, the Lions series was a huge was a huge honor to be part of, but it was a huge challenge as well. Like that, that week that led into that second test. And um, obviously we had a lot of pressures externally. We had a lot of pressures in the game. So my job was actually to go out there and actually put a really good performance, a refereeing performance for both teams, be really fair, set some really good boundaries, communicate really well. And I know that the you know the game went for like three hours or something, but you know we had to be really we had to be really specific around what we we're doing. The players wanted to push it shoves, so we had to call time off. There were a few tight little TMO scenarios um, in terms of the grounding, so we had to look at that. There was um, some foul players, so I've had everything. Uh, but what I was really proud of as a team is that, you know, we worked really hard that week to iron out the creases that we had as a team in the week before. Um, and we worked really hard, you know, and I, I really was grateful for my assistant referees and my TMO to actually go out there and uh, be able to perform like that and then, you know, close the series out where, you know, in the third game, no one was really talking about the referees. And it's the same thing in any game that we have. And, you know, leading into World Cup next year, I'm sure there'll be, there'll be moments where referees are, or decisions are talked about. Um, but I'd love to be able to get to, you know, through a World Cup and, you know, everyone just talking about the rugby. And that's the goal. You know, that's that's the ideal goal. So, you know, for any young referee that's wanting to to be part of the game, the the way that it can improve you as a person and a human being is 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 I feel like it definitely outrides, you know, or outweighs def, um, you know, any of the any of the potential negatives. Um, but you do have to have a good support network around you. You do have to talk to a lot of people um to actually Work out how you can, um, I guess, push those negatives away and just you know look to the positives in the in the future. So, you know, if, if anyone was going to you know be put off refereeing because of that, I'd say look, give it a go. Um, talk to me, talk to other referees, and um, you know you'll see some huge gains, um, not just in your rugby, but you know just in your uh, your life outside of rugby. Bringing you the sport you care about the most. This is the Super Sports Schools Podcast. Spur back bacon is like having fillet for breakfast.
because back bacon has more meat and less fat. And we grill that back bacon at 350 degrees, then serve it with two large eggs, golden chips, grilled tomato, toast and jam. And at only $49.90 for our unreal breakfast. Why not bring the whole family? Spur, people with a taste for life. T's and C's apply. Now, Tim, I wanted to talk about the match we were on commentary for earlier this year. It was, you remember, third team, Bish Bosch, the first derby of the year, because there are two on the Piley Reach, the main field at Bishop's third team game. So the crowd's busy building up for the second and first team game. It's got just one referee and schoolboys running touch on each side. Right at the end, Rondebosch were leading, but Bishops were on the attack. It was extra time, so last movement, a knock-on would have ended the match. Going into touch would have ended the match, but Bishops had the ball. They were in Rondebosch's 22. Rondebosch was about to get a turnover, win a turnover, but then Bishops managed to get it out, spread it wide, charge down the, the touchline, and then in the corner, kind of feet going out at the same time, diving for the corner, Referee went and chatted with the linesman and they awarded the try. And we were able to see afterwards that there were a couple feet, like multiple times trailing into touch. Oh. But it was such a difficult situation. The referee had to go and consult with the linesman who was a Bishop's boy and Bishop's had scored. And that's an impossible situation to put him in. He might not have even been sure. But we 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 uh, went quite mad in commentary with with just the the drama of the event. But what this builds into saying is that there have been occasions this year, especially that we've seen, there might be some argument now and some justification for getting a TMO for school rugby matches. Maybe not necessarily thirteen, but definitely for the higher teams when you've got, I mean, super sports schools there with several angles covering the match. Do you think, as a referee, that it is time to get a TMO in school rugby? 100%. Um, I know, especially for, I would say, like the first team game or under 16A, pushing it maybe even the second team that might be needed. Um, you know, those boys are potentially moving on to very higher grade uh, rugby the next year and they need to be start preparing themselves for, you know, what it's like um, in the more semi-professional, professional sides. Um so, yeah, and it will make the, the job for the referee a lot easier making those uh, very difficult calls um, to that. Yeah, as I'm saying that, I would also only have the TMO in specific times of the game. So that's with the try, um, scoring a try and also foul play. Other than that, I would not um, bring the TMO in any other section of the game. As someone watching, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, in the build-up to this question, you know, my mm -hmm. initial thought is just, we don't really need it. I mean, it's school by rugby. I mean, mm. these guys are 17, 18, just trying to chuck a ball around. I mean, the obvious fear is that it's going to slow down the game. And as a supporter, you're really just there for the fun times. You, the mm. outcome is cool and it's it's nice, but at the end of the day, you're just there for the experience and that could kill it. But I mean, hearing your guys' perspectives, I mean, I see the merit in having it. I mean, for refs as a whole, it gives you the opportunity to be assured of what you're doing. Yeah. And also considering that a lot of you guys are using schoolboy rugby as a training ground for higher levels, having that experience, you know, using TMO, you're not going into the next stage with no experience of using it. So, yeah. So I think what we're getting from that is that there's initially this fear that it's just going to make an already too professional kind of uh, game, school rugby specifically, even more professional. But then also maybe because it's already so intense and so high stress for everybody involved, it could actually 
help with that a bit? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's just like you guys are saying, it's just on the implementation. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's going to slow down the game to a crawl way after every little thing is a, oh, let me check with the box. Oh, let me, let me check with the boxes. Mm. <laughs> Again, these are just kids just trying to chuck a yeah. board around. But if you implement it in a way that, you know, you're just using to reassure yourself that you've made the right call and that, you know, something that is a pivotal point isn't missed, then I think there's a place for it. 100% agree. World Rugby referee Ben is still with us. Ben, what are your thoughts on this? Look, I, I think we should have TMOs. I think um, you're right. Like, as you said, Alex, the game is already professional. Um, Schoolboys now go um, from school into the Springboks, into the All Blacks, into the Wallabies, you know. So, you know, the, these players' careers start in school. Um, they go straight into super teams. They're playing test match rugby. And, you know, we I think we owe it to uh, school school games. You know, if they do have cameras, if they do have, um, you know, I've, I've seen on Super Sport how they have, you know, six or six to eight cameras, you know, it's like a proper super rugby game for some of the schoolboy games. So I think you're right. Like if, if there's a clear knock-on or a clear foot and touch, um, or a clear piece of foul play that everyone can see at home, but because there's no TMO part of the game, I think you know that's a little bit of a, that's a bit of a disservice because you know these these careers could be be changed you know based on them not scoring a try or, or not getting through to a final because um, of an error. Um, because as as referees, you know the game's so much quicker. Schoolboy rugby's exciting. It's quick. It's fast paced. There are times that we're gonna we're gonna miss things. I'm gonna miss things. No matter, you know, I've done 34 test matches and refereed for years. I'll still miss things and re- will rely on my TMO. Now, the the balance that we want to do is, like you said, is we don't want to drag the games out. So we don't want the TMOs going through um, and and checking on everything. We just want them for the big moments. And you know, what for example, what we did in NPC this year, which is the national competition here in New Zealand, is the TMOs didn't have the ability to actually rewind. Okay, they weren't like an international rugby where they can look at all 20 different angles, they can pause, they can rewind, they can give us live calls. What the TMO could do is they sit on the sideline and they literally just watch the, the, the TV footage. And so they're watching the same replays that the broadcast and the director is actually showing to the world. So in the lead up to a try, if they see a clear knock on, they can come in and say, check, check. They can come in and say, look, there's a knock on in the lead up to the try. And, and I think that's been really good because it's stopped, I guess, the TMOs from hunting for things and it's allowed the game to flow, but it's meant that if there's anything clear and obvious on replay or or something that the officials miss, well, we can clean that up. Only takes a few seconds um, and, you know, we get the right decision for the for the game and, and outcome for the game. So I, I think it's, it's, it's I, th- I think the professional era of schoolboy rugby is going to force us to, to bring in TMOs and, I think what we need to do is, as a group of uh, match officials, whether you're in South Africa, New Zealand, or Australia, is actually just work on the limitations of what that TMO can come in for. And I think if we get that balance right and that balance correct, we won't see games drag out, um, but we will see games being being won appropriately by the team that should have won, and and not because of an error, which can happen in games because you know the game's so fast. Cool. Thanks, Ben. I think that NPC idea is quite interesting. I mean, that could be a way forward to implement it in school rugby. Yeah, so actually this year at the Varsity 7s, um, that's sort of what we did. If you weren't refing, you were up at the TMO box and same thing, we couldn't rewind or anything. We would just have to say, director, can you please give us the last shot? And we'd rewatch it and then we'd have to make a decision within 30 seconds. So it was a nice quick thing. Okay, this is what you can do. Um, this is my suggestion and that was it. Um, so we really tried to keep the communication nice and short. And I think if we had to replicate that, replicate that in schoolboy rugby it would be nice it would be effective and it wouldn't slow the game down as much 
you have a look live with what everyone's seeing. Because I think yeah. that's the most important thing. The reason why we should have the TMOs for when everyone at home now, we're streaming the game to more people than ever before mm. uh, through Supersport Schools. 80,000 people watch the Paul Derby online and on oh. TV. And everyone sees the knock-on, but the referees can't, right? Mm. That's where, like Ben has said, it would be a disservice to not actually say we can have the TMO for those big decisions, those clear and obvious ones, nowhere near the level we have a TMO internationally, but just a, a controlled and clear framework of, of what it can be, and specifically so that it doesn't shorten the uh, doesn't stretch the game out, so it's still yeah. fast-flowing, good school rugby. Yeah, I mean, also, <laughs> I guess another aspect of I mean, touching on it is it, it, it is a benefit to the players. You know, it's not just the people at home, because, I mean, like you say, these players are going on to play bigger and better. And I mean, school way rugby, because of how it's refed. I mean, you have one guy, maybe two on the sides, but you can get away with a lot of stuff, you know, punch in the ruck, an <laughs> incorrect role while trying to clear a player out. Mm. And I think having somebody there to call you out for it forces you to be accountable mm. for your actions on the field. And it's it's a teaching, it's a learning lesson for you to know, you know what, this is how you need to do it. And, you know, maybe going to the next week, coach is like, okay, we're going to learn how to clear out properly so we mm. don't have this call against us. And it's not just for the weekend, but it's for your rugby future. Mm. And then for referees, also getting exposure to using communication and to have a TMO, that's also important because, I mean, referees are often rated based on their first team match performance. Yeah. And that's how you move up the ranks. Yeah, so this year at Varsity Sevens was actually my first time using TMO and I learned a lot of how to go about calling TMO. First of all, I had no idea how to do it. So having TMO schoolboy rugby level would help me prep for the levels above and also up-and-coming referees because you don't want to get a provincial game and then you get into trouble for not knowing how to call TMO because you don't look um, professional. Um, so I think it's definitely a nice stepping stone for bigger bigger games. Okay, so I think what we're getting from that is that there needs to be a good balance with mm. how the TMO is used, especially for school rugby, where we want to keep it school rugby, we don't want to slow it down. But when we have the ability to call a TMO, we have all these angles, everyone at home has seen it, it would be a disservice to to not use it. So it's all about getting that balance right. Ben... Do you think in international rugby, where we've got a lot more use of the TMO, that balance is also just as important? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the challenge that we have at international level right now is you know finding that balance between you know when the TMO comes into the game and when the TMO doesn't. You know, what are they choosing to be able to um, you know inflict on the match? Because you know there are a lot of decisions in the game that are really important. There are a lot of non-decisions that are important as well. We're constantly deciding: should we penalise? Should we not penalise? Um, and, you know, I think we're getting to a really good stage right now where, you know, the TMO isn't coming in for everything, where they're coming in for, you know, dangerous foul play, they're coming in for neck rolls around the neck. And, you know, so we've seen, because the game's really well coached now from those new laws, you know, we see players' technique change and we see less of those interventions needing to come in. So I think, you know, the teamwork between players, coach, referee and TMO over the last two years has meant that, you know, the game is more flowing. So... As long as we get that, and I think you know it's important that TMOs have a really good understanding of the game, so they're either ex-referees or ex-players. Um, as soon as we get that and sort of that system of what they can come in and, and can't come in for, you know, we have a really good game, and and I think the spectators can trust that. Well, the referee's going to make some great decisions, but there won't be a there won't be a try that's allowed. It shouldn't have been, um, 
and there won't, you know, there won't be anything major missed. Great. Thanks so much again, Ben, and thanks so much for joining us. No, absolute pleasure. Thanks very much. And um, yeah, it's just exciting. Like we love rugby, referees love doing their job. And it's um, yeah, it's exciting just to be a year out from the World Cup and, and know that everyone's going to be watching. It's going to be good. We've had a pretty robust discussion about school rugby, about the changes we think need to happen, particularly, obviously, the TMO. And it's going to be interesting to see what you have to say about it on our various social media platforms of Supersport Schools. There'll be polls so you can go and vote TMO or not. That is the question for school rugby going into next season. What do you think? Zoe, thank you so much for joining us and being part of the chat. Thank you so much. Tim, thank you. And we'll be back soon to talk a bit more about the game that we love. Yes, sir. Cool. Cheers, everybody. This has been the Super Sports Schools podcast, bringing you stories of our future stars powered by Spurs Steak Ranchers. And now the podcast from joyofmedia.com.